Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There are nearly 20 million military vets in the U.S., and each week, we focus on their stories. This is CBS Ion Veterans. Welcome back to CBS Ion Veterans, reporting for ConnectingVets.com. I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs. And again, we're talking about all the great things going on with University of Maryland Global Campus's Military and Veteran Entrepreneur and Appreciation Fair. And they have so many great partners. And I think for you know the last several segments of the show, I've really tried to highlight um, various things, various organizations that are helping veterans not only find jobs, start businesses, but even in the academic world, you know, make that turn and transition into college and retraining yourself. Because uh, as my next guest and I were just talking here before we started the interview, um, there's a lot of life left to live when you're a military veteran. Uh, you may have only done four years and you're a young man or woman, or maybe you did 25 and you're still only in your 40s, Lieutenant Colonel, looking at you. And it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, many choose college. But are colleges ready to receive us in the post 9-11 era? Are they ready to do what it takes to train veterans, to teach veterans? And do they have the programs and systems in place that really will help veterans maximize their time in college? We'll just boil it right down and say that uh, our next guest, Wendy Lang, created a signature certificate for veteran service providers that basically says, hey, you know what? If you're a college, university, you're interested in training veterans, you got to meet these guidelines. And we're honored today to talk more about this whole program. Again, Operation College Promise and from New Jersey, Wendy Lang. Wendy, how are you? I'm terrific, Phil. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Well, you know, anytime I can talk about doing something in either the entrepreneur, the business, or the education space for veterans, I find that the core mission of CBSI and veterans because, you know, I don't just want to talk politics. And frankly, I cover policy a lot. And that's just, oh my gosh, I just don't want to talk to, no, nothing against congressmen or senators I have talked to. You know, I like you, but give me the 30,000 foot view of Operation College Promise. So what we do, Phil, is going back to 2007, 
when I went back into the higher education spectrum, I, I am actually a policy, longtime policy wonk. Um, it, when I went back into that space, I learned about the post 9-11 GI Bill. Now, at that time, I represented nine state public schools, college universities in the state of New Jersey. When I learned about this wonderful opportunity, the post 9-11 GI Bill, or what's now known as the Forever GI Bill, I thought, well, this is a great opportunity. There are going to be folks who are going to be taking advantage of this who may never have gone to school otherwise. Well, well why is that? Well, why do people join up in the military? Well, you can shuffle these three any way you want, but basically financial, um, education, patriotism. Those are like usually the, the top three, right? So a lot of these folks went into the military because they didn't have the means to go to college or university. They may be, um, may have been and, and are many times first-gen learners. I'm a first-gen learner. I did not come out of the military to college, but I understand that there are hurdles when you're a first-gen learner because you don't have necessarily, not that my parents weren't supportive, they were wonderfully supportive and they paid every single nickel of my of my undergraduate, my graduate degree, but there are hurdles. So looking at this new population and looking at my schools that I represented, I realized that there had to be some sort of training um, to get folks up to speed because, you know, if, if Phil comes to, you know, Widener University and he's all gung-ho and he gets there and he doesn't get the support that he needs, he gets tripped up by finances, tripped up by course selection, um, then what's going to happen next, right? Phil's going to leave. And he's not going to come back. He's going to blow those benefits. And then a lot of times bad things start to happen, right? So what could we do as an organization to set the stage for student veteran success, as you said, to through and beyond higher education? The starting step before we didn't have, we had any money at all was a couple of a, a woman in my office whose uh, brother had been deployed with the guard um, deployment that I had worked on previously, uh, put together a website. Because these people simply weren't get, getting their benefits because they didn't know what they were, right? And that's not just education benefits, a broad spectrum of benefits, as you know, depending on the, on the particular person. So we built that website, and then we were fortunate enough to get a $100,000 grant from the American Council of Education. And that's where we launched the CVSP program that, that you just mentioned. Just starting here in New Jersey, meant to be a soup-to-nuts military primer, right? So Military culture, what is an E4? What's 1,400 hours? Simple things like that folks didn't know, right? Because they just hadn't been exposed. There'd been this gap, right? You have all the veterans in World War II to present day. And a lot of, most people didn't know. Maybe, maybe their uncle served in Vietnam or whatever. There wasn't a lot of knowledge base, particularly in higher education, because they just didn't have that much exposure. And unfortunately, the exposure that they did have most recently was not good, um, talking to people who had served in Vietnam was a very, very bad transition. So I want to make sure, number one, that that didn't happen. And number two, that folks like yourself, when they came to school, that they were getting whatever support that means. And it can differ by student veteran, but we know by veteran to veteran, but we know a few things are necessary for sure, right? Having a central point of contact, right? You know, Phil Briggs comes to my school. I'm the veterans coordinator and I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to show you the way to finance. I'm going to show you the way to career services. I'm going to get you all squared away and be your point of contact throughout your education lifestyle, right? Other things that we cover are we always have a student veteran panel, which is always very intriguing to folks to see what, you know, why did you join up? What was, what was the purpose? Was it because you wanted to go to school? Was it because you just didn't know what to do? Was it because you needed, you know, finance to support education and talk about their transition, good, bad, or, or indifferent, what that was like so that these higher education professionals 
can get a grasp on, you know, what, you know, what this is, the service, um, and, you know, how, what are the circumstances some of these folks face? The one that we're working on now for fall has a bigger focus on employment, right? Getting to the, you know, the idea of, like you mentioned, entrepreneurship and um, what businesses are working really hard to support veterans moving into employment and, and giving them good paying jobs, right? Not just a job at Wawa, right? We all love Wawa, but, you know, these folks have had, you know, one of the things that we're working on right now is making it easier for folks who are medics in the Navy, as an example, to become EMTs. There's a huge barrier right now. So folks who have had, uh, you know, a hundred thousand plus dollars in training, they may even have like radiology training, all sorts of different medical background. They can't just be, go become an EMT in New Jersey or most places for that matter. So we're working on legislation to knock down that barrier, right? So the, the CVSP in total is everything from just your average, um, you know, are you an officer or enlisted to like, how are you going to help you get a job? Who's going to come talk about how to get a job? We usually take them to a military installation so they can see hands-on um, what somebody did on a ship or on a C-130 or, um, you know, with working, um, we're working dog, military dogs. I mean, like that, that's, that's a fascinating opportunity for folks because most people have never had that chance. What I like is you're looking at this from the back end, looking at the veteran. We're talking about training the professors, training the coordinators, creating veteran officers on campuses to manage the incoming vets and to create a lifestyle, to create an environment where they'll, uh, you know, just do better. And I know that sounds to some of the listeners out there like, oh, that's just whatever, whatever psychological speak. What are you talking about? That's, but here's the deal. Think about this. I have a lot of friends whose kids now are, you know, seniors in high school, juniors, see seniors in high school. And what are parents doing? College educated parents take their kids on college visits and you go on this little long weekend with your son or daughter and it's nice and you show them the way. And then, you know, you look at the buildings and you look at the dorms and you look at all the lifestyle and what happens in between all those meetings with counselors and uh, the admissions people. The mom and dad are talking about their time in college. I remember when Gamma Phi Beta and the girls over there and we were doing our thing. And it's a it's a it's a generational thing. It's handed down from college educated parent to college educated kids. If you joined the military and your parents never took you on a college visit, you didn't know anything about a college campus. You get out of, you know, whether it's military service that's, you know, administrative or it's on the base or you've been kicking in doors for three and a half years and you've been outside the wire, you know, doing more stuff. And through the last 20 years, plenty of those veterans out there, you come to a college campus, having never had a parent ever tell you about it. You don't know where to go. You're looking for somebody that outranks you to ask a question. And suddenly no one's got a uniform on. It's a bunch of, you know, preppy kids and hippie kids playing hacky sack. And over there, you got college professor elbow patches walking around. And he's, you know, it's like, am I going to ask you? Do you even know what's going on? I mean, who does the veteran turn to? And that, that whole experience can be maddening, frightening, frustrating. And as you just said, um, at some point, if they get turned out or they get turned away or they just think this sucks, well, then they give up and they could be giving up on the very dream. Do you find that like going into these high end colleges and universities is hard for a veteran today? Or do you think that the program has made enough inroads in colleges and universities out there that you are smoothing that road before them? 
It's definitely been improving. And I just want to give a shout out to a couple of partner organizations who deal with exactly what you're talking about with the IVs. It's Service to School and Warrior Scholars are two organizations that are doing great work with high-end universities, right? And making the um, the application process and getting into those types of schools much more accessible than it was, say, 10, 15 years ago. So they are there are assets out there that are getting at that very point. But the fact does remain that higher education as a whole tends to run on the liberal side of the spectrum, right? And that means, you know, these poor folks who fought in Vietnam had a horrible time when they came back, many of them. And there still is this sort of antiquated mentality that folks went into the military because they were not, you know, college, uh, college um, ready, right? So we still struggle with that fact. Now, go back a couple of steps and say that when we started doing the CVSP, we knew we were going to have to keep track of what we were doing and see how students were faring in schools that we had either trained through CVSP or had a very comprehensive approach. I'm looking at, you know, a school like Texas A&M has been doing it right for a long time um, in College Station, right? But when we looked back in our 11 and 13 research projects, what we saw is these schools, schools who had participated or had these type of comprehensive programming, their student veterans are doing as well or better, right, than their traditional counterparts. So the challenge remains to keep that word and keep the, the gas pedal down. And as I mentioned to you prior, doing things like putting out these products to discuss the assets that's, that veteran students will be to your campus. It's not just because it's the right thing to do. It's because you know, the common perception among many 10, 15 years ago is that you know, colleges have to maintain a certain amount of data right, on, on performance and graduation, retention, whatnot. The fear among higher educators, whether they said it out loud or they or they whispered it, is that these students would bring down their data, would bring down their, you know, the, all, of, all of those very important data points that they need for marketing and for compliance and all that sort of thing. Well, that's just not true. And that's just one thing, right? Student veterans will contribute to good data with the appropriate support, right? They will, can, can contribute to equity and diversity, everybody's talking about equity and diversity for good for good reason they will contribute to that they will contribute to the uh, college atmosphere to discussions they like to serve they're oftentimes serving other organizations on campus or outside the campus walls right right on as we wrap it up what's a takeaway again for the listener with respect to looking at colleges for the veteran looking at going into school redeeming his forever gi bill benefits um what do we want to be on the lookout for? Advising, 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 making sure that these folks get good advice, not just on degree selection, but that's a thing. You know, people are, are using up their benefits and they're having all these credits that are useless. Like, how are we giving them better advisement on the front end so they maximize those benefits and they use them to find gainful employment? And that's that's key. Um, are there transfer credit op- options, right? Because every transfer, every credit I can transfer from the military is one I don't have to pay for. So keeping an eye out for that, and that might not be necessary for everybody, but so it, it is a question to consider. Do they have childcare? I might have kids. Uh, maybe my spouse works and I'm going to school. You know, all these different things that fit into the non-traditional student spectrum going back into school. So don't waste the benefits. Don't go somewhere that's not going to give you what you need to succeed in life. 
but we're going to have a very comprehensive document on that very topic coming up this year. That's good news too, because I know as a journalist, I went to the defense information school and I'd gone to college and I came out of the Navy and I was told many times that, oh, well, those military credits, that's not, you know, that didn't mean anything. Well, that, that's, that can't transfer here. Cause it's, and I'm like, it, I literally went to an intensive school for journalism, broadcasting and photography. And you're telling me that my instruction from those people doesn't transfer to Schneebly community college. Come on, man. And I'm so glad to see that you're out there yeah, that's the type uh, of that you're doing it. You have, you have to look, you have to look around. Right. And again, that's not necessarily an issue for everybody. Maybe they just want to go to Harvard and they want to go to Harvard and don't care about the transfer. And that's great. But if you're, you know, you're thinking about certain areas or certain uh, degree plans that you want to go into and you have that opportunity to shop some schools to see what they're going to give you, by all means, do it. Right on. And for veterans out there, yeah, your best life is still ahead of you. Go on and get your big brain. And, uh, you know, Operation College Promise is there to help. Wendy, thank you for your time. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Diva Darce. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.